0: My family had just made the move out from Winchester, Virginia, so all across the country, came to Utah, and were looking for a house somewhere to to live.
1: That's Lisa Nicole Hamilton talking about her family's big move when she was 12 years old.
0: Mom is the one who actually saw it for sale on the market and thought, what a cool building, wouldn't it be so neat to live there and kind of fix that up?
1: Given the creepy nature of a lot of the stories I've shared on the show, I bet you're already thinking the house this family is about to fix up will be haunted. In some ways, I think this story is more interesting. In 1847, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, sometimes called the LDS Church or sometimes still called Mormons, arrived in the Salt Lake Valley of Utah and started building churches and later temples. By 1993, when Lisa's family was moving to Grantsville, west of Salt Lake, one of the countless churches that had been built over the years was now for sale.
0: So I really just couldn't believe how big it was. It was. I was like, "What? We're gonna live, like, we're gonna live here?"
1: In this episode of "That Doesn't Happen Every Day," in which we interview everyday people about things that don't normally happen every day, we ask Lisa what happens when a building full of memories from wedding receptions to funerals—a building for eternal and sacred ordinances—is taken over by a family with nine kids and a giant trampoline. In what seems like true LDS fashion, Lisa's brothers made this song about living in the church. I asked her about her earliest recollection of the building when she first walked in.
0: The smell. I mean, I, I feel like I'll never forget that smell. The couple years it sat sort of, not abandoned exactly, but sort of just sat empty. You know, got that musty sort of abandoned type smell. If I were to smell that again today, it was like I know that all those memories would still come flooding right back.
1: Lisa's new house wasn't like the newer LDS churches you might have seen or even played basketball in. According to the National Register of Historic Places, the Grantsville First Ward Meeting House that Lisa's family was hoping to buy was completed in 1866, right after the American Civil War. The walls of the building were actually made out of adobe, in other words, you know, clay and straw mixed together.
0: The adobe they used for it was so thick at the bottom and then gradually tapered off and thinner as you went up, that the window sills were huge. I mean, they were just, they were like window seats. You could put like a seat in each one. When Grantsville was first settled, they built a fort, huge, again, thick adobe walls all around the church.
1: The walls of the fort are no longer there, but a nearby historic marker does attest to the presence of the fort. In fact, Brigham Young, sometimes called the American Moses, who led early Mormon pioneers from Missouri to Salt Lake after years of mob violence, had even spoken from that church's pulpit.
0: Um, So then the many years later in 1949, they obviously needed to expand it quite a bit more because it would have been literally just the chapel and then the, the two rooms in the back. So they needed to add on what would be the Relief Society room and a few classrooms and the multipurpose room, which I think would have served as the primary room.
1: That addition to this building is when this old adobe and stucco church started to look more like the modern LDS churches that are more common.
0: There were other buildings, more modern, built by the time they finally decided to sell it. The mortuary company bought it. I believe they bought it in 1979.
1: Did you hear that? During the interview, I was just hoping to hear some haunting in Connecticut type stories. Unlike in a haunting in Connecticut, Lisa said when they moved in, the old building didn't have any abandoned embalming equipment or anything like that.
0: I actually don't know to the extent of what they did with bodies. I know that it was mostly just a storage facility.
1: In fact, when she says storage facility, I think it might have even been used more for coffins or things like that because the building didn't have a morgue. So it's unlikely bodies were kept there for very long.
0: Toward the end, there were almost no funerals there because people could just use the regular church buildings that were already in existence for funerals and not have to really pay because the church, you know, does that as a free service. And so I think the mortuary company was just losing so much money and not getting enough business that they decided to put up for sale. Now, the interesting thing also about that is that the church will not sell a building to a private resident. So it was because they had sold it to the mortuary company that we were able to buy it because it was now no longer a church. It didn't belong to the church.
1: Apparently Lisa's parents had to get their new house in Grantsville, rezoned from commercial to residential or something like that. Anyway, after that, Lisa's family began to unload the moving truck.
0: The possession day had come and we just were so excited to explore it all. and And just being a young kid with all that energy, literally wanting to just run from room to room, and running to see what was in the next room or what was in the attic, in the, in the basement. And, of course, this old church having as many classrooms as it had, each of those classrooms would serve as bedrooms. We really liked that there were chalkboards in there. It was quite fun to leave little messages on each other's boards and even just use them as art, and friends would come over and draw pictures. And so each kid did actually get their own bedroom. The men's bathroom and the women's bathroom had stalls in them. All we had to do is take those walls down around the stall and add a bathtub, a shower bathtub. One of the bathrooms was bigger than the other, so that's where my parents put the laundry. It did have a kitchen, um, and again, not a whole lot was done there to change that up either.
1: Earlier, Lisa had mentioned a Relief Society room. It's normally one of the bigger rooms where the church's women's organization meets. The family brought in their couches and TV, and it became their living room. Lisa sent me a couple pictures of the interior of the building, and while that chapel does look a lot like a chapel, the entryway of the building actually looks really cool. It has brick arches, and I think a lot of people would like to live there.
0: It did have a basement, not really ever a very usable space. I just know when we bought it, there were still posters and signs up that that talked about it being the Boy Scouts area. We had these old boiler things down in the basement, and you know we would... Some some of my friends would come over and say, ooh, that's what they burned the bodies in. I mean, that kind of stuff was joked about all the time. Though personally, I don't think that that's what the big boilers were. I think they literally were just the heating system for the building.
1: I wondered what they did with the church's baptismal font. Because you have to be at least eight years old to be baptized into the LDS church, and it's done by immersion, meaning the entire body has to go under the water for a second. These baptismal fonts are usually really big, more like the size of a jacuzzi.
0: So often friends would ask, that as well they'd say why don't you fill it up and use it like a hot tub there was not there was no font ever in there
1: there also wasn't the basketball court or gym that lots of lds churches are known for i also wondered what they did with that actual chapel part of the church
0: the all the benches everything was all in place we had the benches sold one of the ladies said that she remembers those benches being sold to her congregation which is a baptist she's like i knew those benches looked familiar So the chapel was really hard to heat in the winter. It wasn't really used. They turned the heat down enough to keep things from freezing in there, but not enough to be really a livable space. We did, however, a couple of times fix it up real nice for when my older sister got married. She had her reception in there and we had it all decorated real nice.
1: So what happened to that pulpit that Brigham Young spoke from? Honestly, by the time Lisa's family had moved into the church, it probably had had several different pulpits, but here's what they did with the one they had.
0: So we never had the pulpit taken out. We never had the podium removed. We did have a trampoline put right under it. <laughs> so we would jump off of the actual pulpit. We jump from the pulpit onto the trampoline. And there were big enough windows throughout on, in the chapel there that some of the cars going by... I'm sure they could see as they'd see heads just jumping up and down, looking through the windows. <laughs> of course, we're just kids. We're not thinking about how sacrilegious that is. We're just thinking how awesome and fun is it, right?
1: <laughs> I asked Lisa if people in the small community did get upset sometimes by their new use of the building.
0: There were some attitudes like that with a, among a few people in town, which was unfortunate. And I mean, but I at the same time, kind of don't blame them. They've got fond memories of it and hold it in high respect as a religious meeting house. And here we are just, just living in it. So,
1: Just to clarify, in case you weren't sure, Lisa and her family were and are members of the LDS church and weren't trying to disrespect the building, LDS beliefs, or anyone else's for that matter.
0: I think what most people don't realize is that it's completely an undedicated building once it gets sold like that. It's it's just a physical building. It is. It's no longer a church. I do think, however, most people were glad to see it become a place that was cared for again.
1: What was it like for this 12-year-old to move into a small Utah town in the 90s and be the only one living in a former church and funeral home?
0: Uh, So I already felt like the weird kid because coming from Virginia and trying to make friends in Utah, I I already had kind of felt like this sort of of out-of-place person. I remember going to school and the first thing that so many kids came up to me and said was, how haunted is your house? And, and I got that all the time. Yeah, we got it, like, everybody. How many ghosts? What, what do you They would just laugh. Um, mostly I think they were just curious. I think they were really intrigued that we had this crazy old church building that we were trying to live in as a house. And a lot of them wanted to come and see it, of course. And I think maybe we made friends just through the simple fact that they wanted to come check out our house with, with me and wanted to explore all the different rooms and tunnels under the basement. And But, yeah, we would just explore. And I think a lot of my friends were pretty excited to just see how cool the place was.
1: And one last desperate attempt for a scary story. I too asked Lisa.
0: So was it
1: haunted? Did you ever see like just one ghost? Please tell me you saw some ghosts.
0: Never, never at all. Darn it. Not, not to any one of us. I'm not really one to go and chase after ghost activity. And I feel like maybe if there were those who were into that, they might feel something if they're looking for it. But really, in all honesty, my family just isn't, we weren't trying to look for it. During the years they had it, it had served as just a, a wonderful place for a big family. We felt lots of love there. Chalk, chalk, with no in our rooms. A water fountain with no
1: Today, Lisa's former house is called the Old Grantsville Church, where musical and theatrical performances are held. At the time of this recording, they're holding auditions for Agatha Christie's Witness for the Prosecution, if you'd like to try out for that. You can also rent it out for events, and I've included their website in the description. I want to thank Lisa for sharing her story and photos with me. Ethan and Ian are Lisa's younger twin brothers, whose band Twin Pectal made the song about living in the church. I want to give a shout-out to them if you'd like to hear more of their music. I've included a link to their band in the show's description. You can also check out a podcast that's made by some of Lisa's other relatives, and I've linked that in there. And finally, I've also included a link to Lisa's own YouTube channel where you can check out her music. That Doesn't Happen Every Day plays every Thursday at 3.30 p.m. on KHOL Jackson. If you search for That Doesn't Happen Every Day, every day is two words in this case, podcast. You can listen to every episode I've ever done. And again, I hope that you'll share them with someone. Thanks for listening and have a good day.